Hey, everyone. This is Chris Ryan from The Ringer. As many of you have heard by now, we lost a treasured colleague and friend over the weekend. Jonathan Charks passed away on Saturday. John was 34. He leaves behind a wife and a son, and we are obviously mourning his loss and sending all of our love to his family right now. If you go to theringer.com slash Jonathan Charks, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-T-J-A-R-K-S, you will find a memorial page for John which has links to his GoFundMe that benefits his family and the amazing writing he did throughout his experience. I encourage you to go there. And if you can, please support the Charks family. Briefly, I will just say that John was among the first people that we hired to work for The Ringer. So he was instrumental in defining the voice and perspective of the site. He has as much to do with what this place is as anyone else. And throughout his experience with cancer, John communicated eloquently about the challenges he was facing, both through his writing and his podcasting. You could never stop John from talking about his passions. It's one of the things I loved about him. Over the last few months, you know, whenever we would talk, whenever I would reach out to see how he was doing, I would try to keep it very John-focused. And the next thing I knew, we would be talking about James Harden or Better Call Saul. He really loved this stuff. Uh, he loved talking about it, celebrating it, debating it, illuminating it. We're going to keep putting out our pods and writing while we grieve but we wanted to let folks know that John was in our hearts and that his family was in our thoughts. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Danny Heifetz. And as you just heard there from Chris Ryan, we lost our colleague, Jonathan Sharks, today. Uh, we will share our thoughts on Sharks at the end of this episode. But we have a link in this episode description to the GoFundMe for his family. Uh, you know, as Chris mentioned, he left behind his son, Jackson, his wife, Melissa. Um, we also have in this episode description a link to the just incredible piece that Sharks wrote on dealing with cancer and fatherhood. We wrote that for The Ringer. It's an 11 out of 10 recommend. Uh, it's probably one of the absolute best pieces that's ever run on The Ringer or anywhere. We didn't know what to do with today's episode amid you know learning this. I mean, this is not normal. We didn't know if we should do an episode, and we debated what to do. Um, but the three of us talked, and we all we all came to the this Bible quote that Sharks is widow Melissa shared in uh, the post announcing the news today. And that quote from the Bible is, I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God, end quote. And when I hear that personally, I think the point is to enjoy being alive. I mean, as stupid as fantasy football is uh, at this moment in time, I mean, at some point, it's important to kind of pull joy out of thin air. And so the three of us talked, and we're going to do the show, and we're not just going to do it. We're going to have fun while we do it, because I think that is the point. It's to not take being alive for granted. So we're going to do it. We're going to have fun. We're going to get much more serious at the end of the show as we talk about sharks. But for now, we're, we're going to have a good time, and um, we hope you guys have a good time with us. All right, let's get to the show. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like 
available H-Track all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And, oh my God, football is here. It happened. Crazy. Week one, in the books, not really. Monday Night Football still has to happen, but we're going to get into it. Winners, losers, awards, all our dumb awards. Way more Arrested Development quotes than I ever thought. <laughs> so many have. Arrested Development quotes. <laughs> so many. We've made a huge mistake. Leaning into it, yeah. We're just getting to winners right off the bat. Craig, give us our first winner week one. The dogs. The underdogs. <laughs> a lot of underdogs prevailed this week, including my Pittsburgh Steelers, Heifetz's New York Giants, hopefully DK's Seattle Seahawks on God, Monday yes. night. But yes. probably not. But who knows? The games are crazy today. A lot of ups, uh, a lot of upsets. Niners lost to the Bears. Steelers beat the Bengals in OT. Uh, there was a tie between the Texans and the Colts. The Texans probably should have won that game. Uh, right. Like we said, the Giants uh, beat the Titans. They came from behind down 13-0. The Vikings kind of destroyed the Packers. And yeah. then aside from that, the Falcons should have beaten the Saints. The Saints barely pulled that out. The Lions yes. almost came back and beat the Eagles. I watched about 10 seconds of the Brown-Panthers games, but that was a really close one. <laughs> There's a lot of close games. <laughs> um, but I think where we have to start, yeah. if I'm speaking, is, is in Cincinnati, baby. That was the weirdest game. Oh, the Steelers should not have won that game. The Bengals <laughs> did everything in their power. Burrow threw four picks. Uh, they missed a PAT. They missed a field goal. I think Burrow fumbled. He had five turnovers, yeah. Five turnovers. Uh, TJ Watt, unfortunately, looks like he's going to be out for a while. Looks like he tore his peck. Uh, mm -hmm. Najee Harris left the game hurt. Every Minka Fitzpatrick put the entire uh, city of Pittsburgh on his back and somehow pulled out this victory over Cincinnati. My girlfriend's a Steelers fan, and for bad timing purposes, she had to take our friends to the airport with like three minutes left in this game. And she actually got back <laughs> in time to see the Steelers for the, like, as they were lining up for the last kick of overtime. And she was like, what did I miss? And I was like, uh, uh, so Jamar Chase caught like three touchdowns, but only got credit for one. And then the Micah Fitzpatrick <laughs> yeah. like messed up with the penalty, but then he blocked the extra point and then they went to overtime and they got another kick. And I just, I, I mean, it was insane. Like TJ Watt, one defensive player of the year in this game and then tore his pack. I, I, I don't, it, it was chaos. You know how uh, Stefan, the guy from uh, Bill Hader, plays him on Weekend Update? And he goes, this yeah. club has everything. That was really this game. Like, we had a doink <laughs> in this game. Like, oh, my God, I forgot about the doink. The Boswell doink. We had a blocked PAT. Like, like this is like the entire season's worth of, of antics in one game. <laughs> Nate Tice pointed this out. Bengals ran 94 plays. It's the most since 2002. I mean, you never see this. Joe Burr had 53 pass attempts. And got sacked seven times and ran six times. Since Joe Burrow had 66 dropbacks and Joe Mixon had 27 carries. Like, that's, that doesn't happen. The, but yeah. the whole slate was crazy. Like, this is why they, God, invented the Red Zone channel. Like, because the, the Bengals-Steelers game was coming down. The Texans-Colts was somehow 20. They were both 20-20 and looked like they were going to be tied. And then at the same time, the Falcons-Saints game, I remember looking over and being like, what is going on? Yep. Who has the ball? Like, why did how many times has Marcus Murray fumbled? Like, every... like. It was one of those, like, you look at the week one matchups and you're like, none of these games are like, like the perfect matchup, right? In the one or four o'clock, but you, they always get you in week one because you're just so happy football's back. And even by the week one standard, I was like, this is insane. This is why the NFL is number one. 
I think I saw that the Saints had negative net passing yards in the first half, or like one passing yard, and they still won this game. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, obviously, every game was just wild. It's always tough because when when there's so many games in the early slate and all of them are good, it's like hard to concentrate and figure out which ones to watch, and they all get kind of cluttered together. Like there was like literally seven games going on that I had that we like had to watch and like you know be very tuned in on. Um, but I guess that's that's a good sign, though. It was a really bad week for for the, you know the significant others of the people who watch football all day because you couldn't. There was not an hour that you could have gotten away yeah. to go to lunch. You know, <laughs> the, the Steelers game went like a quarter into the one o'clock games, and then the one the, the Chargers and Raiders game went yes. down to the very end. So like, yes. there was no time to leave. There was no twenty minute period where I was like, oh, I will leave that. There was no, there was no downtime. But I, expect, uh, Giants fan here, like the Giants Titans game. I, I, the, the feelings that stirred within me, I was worried had withered <laughs> and evaporated into the ether a long time ago. And I just am happy I can still feel, but one, the giants are above 500 for the first time in five years. So if I could get a little <laughs> golf, but and they were down 13 zero and I was texting my best friend who is a diehard giants fan. And we were just like, man, the giants suck again. They looked like dog shit to start <laughs> the game too. Like Daniel Jones was doing the same shit. He always does. Like he got a strip sack in this game at one point. I'm like this same old, same old. Uh, but to their credit, they came back. I was one score away from like, oh my God, thank God they're going to go like three and 14 again yeah, right. and just like get the first pick. This is perfect. And then they won the game. But the other winner, I mean, again, to go to fantasy for a second. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. I mean, let's go, baby. He's back. We do a little toot toot for ourselves, <laughs> toot our own horn. Saquon, number one fantasy running back of the week, mm. 194 total yards. Most yards Saquon's had in a game in three years. Saquon had almost as many yards as the all of the rest of the New York Giants combined. <laughs> Love it. He had a touchdown. He had the game-winning two-point conversion, which was epic. He basically made three people miss within two-yard span. And like most, like he made guys miss, but he has the extra gear. The extra gear is back, and Saquon is back. And it is, it, it is just a wonderful feeling. I spent so much money across all of my leagues. I put my all of my eggs were in the Saquon basket in 2022 <laughs> and I I am atop the mountain right now. I feel so good. Perhaps we're in sell high range. I'm not I will never do it, but Saquon's back. We did it. I don't think he's a sell high though because I think he, he played 83% of the snaps. Like he is their three down back. It, that is I think illuminates how they want to utilize him. It, it tells us that he's like a big focal point in their offense, like what we saw here. The, really, the only worry is not not the usage. It's like, is he going to get hurt again? I guess yeah. that would be the only. Why thing that don't you say that? Don't put that out in the world. <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to be honest. Like all running backs have that worry. So, like, why trade the guy who's going to be utilized like that? I thought the offensive line looked really good, uh, or at least relatively good compared to what I'm used to seeing out of the Giants. And he had a lot of holes to hit. And that's when you give Saquon the hole, when you make it so he doesn't have to dance three yards behind the line mm -hmm. of scrimmage to avoid three guys just to get to the line of scrimmage. Like, you know, they always talk about like running backs, like wh when do they first get touched? And it felt like Saquon finally didn't like get touched until he was five yards past the line of scrimmage. And then- yeah, it's because Jason Garrett's on TV now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he looks incredible when he actually has room to breathe. Dude, I, I it's it's amazing what you could do when Jason Garrett's not involved in your life anymore. It's incredible. You lose ten pounds. You get you know you, you get faster. You get younger. Everything. Okay. That, I mean, that's I, I, honestly I'm like the winner of the week just for getting to like watch Saquon. Never mind Saquon being the winner of the week. DK, who's your winner of the week so far? Uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, this was like 
we took a little bit of flack, I think, because we had him number one, ranked number one uh, at receiver on our rankings prior to the season over Cooper Cup, who obviously put together a, a, a historic, historic season last year. Um, and then obviously after Cooper Cup's first game, started to like tug at the old like neckline a little bit like, oh, God, maybe that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> well, but- yeah, we were like, are we idiots? <laughs> are we stupid? Cooper Cup obviously is still really ridiculously good, but I think we saw you know, the ceiling and we saw the vision of what we had for Justin Jefferson in this game. I mean, he was like absolutely going bananas. I think he had like 150 something yards in the first half. He was wide. He had 168 yards in the first half. He had, (laughs) he almost set, he almost had his most receiving yards in a single game in his career in the mm-hmm. first half. He was really close. He was just wide, wide open, which is what you love to see. And it was, it, it always it was, seems to be like that. He, yeah. he reminds me of Antonio Brown, where like, you don't know where the ball is going when the quarterback releases it and then the camera pans and there's just Justin like Jefferson no defender. alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you guys say that. If you go to ESPN.com right now, the actual headline on top, like the not NFL page, the main ESPN.com, it's Jefferson, parentheses, 184 yards, surprised at open looks. <laughs> and he literally said, I was thinking somebody was going to come from behind and tackle me. And he's like, but I'm a, I was alone. Dude, there's actually on his touchdown catch, you see him catch the ball and he's and he takes a step backwards. He go he runs in the wrong direction. He's like, oh instinctively thinking there must be a safety <laughs> here to drill me. And then right. you see him kind of look around. He's like, oh, no one's here. <laughs> so he okay, Jefferson was the number one fantasy points was the number one player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the, the four the four o'clock games, Saquon eventually surpassed them in yardage, but he had the most yards and fantasy points of any player that wasn't a quarterback this week. And he did that by halftime. And it was interesting. They had during the, the broadcast that a great stat. He was being, mo- it's, it is exactly what we kind of said all year. He was being motioned twice as much yeah. as they did last year. They used motion five times a game last season and they motioned like eight or nine times in the first half. And it's, I mean, it's everything. The other thing, so uh, yeah, that I think is one big thing. And that was why we were, you know, we mentioned like, you know, skating to where the puck is going with Justin Jefferson. Like we we think this is a great match with coaching uh, staff and coaching style and offensive style and philosophy and all that uh, with his talents, which are obviously very, very clear, like the last two years. Um, The motion thing, I think, was very interesting. They were motioning him in and basically doing exactly what Sean McVay has done for Cooper Cup over the last few years, like getting him matched up. There was one play. And it didn't like go for a big play, but he was he got he, he motioned from one side to the other and got matched up against Preston Williams, like a defensive end in the slot. Like that's exactly what you were looking for. And he like the the outcome was very obvious. He broke him off with like a like a you know like a faked inside, went to the outside, caught an easy pass. Like this is exactly what we were hoping would happen. Um, and so and I, he did he have did he have another like almost touchdown where he just barely couldn't get his foot yes. down too? Like yeah. he. He could have even gone more nuclear. The other thing he I want to should have had two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny too. We're talking about this motioning thing, like it's this, like you know, far flung concept. It's just the NBA, which has been doing this for years. It's just switch everything. It's yeah. like, oh, we're just gonna keep setting picks until Steph Curry's on like the worst defender, and like <laughs> right. some teams just don't do this for the receivers yet. Yeah, and the other thing I think that was cool was I think Adam Thielen said it after the game. He was like, "I've never played for an offense." that just kept attacking, attacking, attacking. I'm just paraphrasing what he's saying. Attacking, 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 attacking the entire game. A lot of coaches, honestly, if you get like a two, like a two touchdown lead or whatever, then you'll like ease up. You don't want to turn it over, start to run a lot. Like they just kept their foot on the pedal. So everything about this first game was what we'd hoped and visualized with the, with the Vikings, why the Vikings were one of our, 
I guess, like sleeper teams coming into the season. And Justin Jefferson obviously delivered what we were, you know, expecting him to do and and more. Craig, who's your fantasy wise? Who's your winner of the week? It's all of the first round wide receivers. The guys that you draft in the first round, it was Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, and Devontae Adams. Those were the kind of consensus top five wide receivers by ADP this year. Of those top five, they were all in the top six in scoring at the position this week. <laughs> the only other guy was Michael Pittman. Toot toot. We, we all love Craig. Like, you love Michael Pittman. Like, we all love Michael Pittman this year, too. So, Meanwhile... And we were preaching this as well. Get a receiver in the first round. The top five running backs from ADP, they finished, and this is overall at their position this week, second, 16th, 26th, 30th, and 18th. Basically, it was Jonathan Taylor and every other first round running back kind of shit the bed this week. <laughs> I, I'm so happy Justin Jefferson didn't make us look dumb. I'll, I'll be honest. It's like, <laughs> it's like he, I'm happy he's good, but I'm more happy he does, he's not bad. Cup had like 10, 11 catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. And we were like, oh boy, like, Jefferson oh, needs to have a day. He better. You know, <laughs> he got it immediately. I was like, thank God. Like the first, not the first play of the game, but the first drive, they were like, here, here, good touchdown. touchdown. Was, His first God, touchdown was very Cooper Cup-esque. They motioned him it behind was. the line of scrimmage. It was like a little jet sweep pass. It was like an exact replica yeah. of how they get Cup the ball in the red zone. All right, let's flip side here. The Arrested Development. We're just, it's just an Arrested Development season. Look, it's a why. good show, folks, all right? It's, it's a top-notch top notch comedy writing. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, it's still funny. I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. The, the ultimate quote, just, I've made a huge shout mistake. Shout out, by the way, that was suggested to us by someone on Twitter, so shouts to you. It was. Shout out to someone. <laughs> I mean, the Packers trading away Devontae Adams. We're talking about Devontae Adams having the day. 10 catches, Help. 141 yards, a touchdown. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams had more receiving yards than all the Packers receivers combined. <laughs> I'm taking out the running backs and tight ends, but the wide receivers in the Packers had 20 yards less than Devontae Adams did. The Packers scored seven points. I wouldn't say they got rocked by the Vikings. I would definitely say they were embarrassed by the Vikings. Like they were, I mean, the Packers offense was pitiful. It was 23 to seven. And on the one hand, if I'm being honest, I don't know what to do with this Packers loss because literally one year ago, the Packers were indeed rocked by the Saints. They lost 38-3 to to the Saints one year ago in week one. And then mm -hmm. the Packers won 13 games and got the number one seed in the NFC again. So I, I'm not out here like trying to like eliminate the Packers. However, man, it's one of those like, it's kind of weird. They didn't add any receivers. And then you watch the game. You're like, yeah, no secret sauce. They should yeah. They should have added freaking receivers. I, I mean, they did add a receiver, uh, Christian Watson, in the second round. And he dropped what would have been a 75-yard touchdown. It was a perfect pass. He yeah. was wide open, could have waltzed into the end zone, and went right <laughs> through his hands. I don't think this will happen continuously. And honestly, like, Romeo Dobbs. Dubs. Dobbs? What is it? A Dobbs? Dobbs. Is it Pam? <laughs> and Are you saying pan two oh there's two m's bland uh, he looked pretty good he had four catches for 37 yards but the bottom line is the running backs were like the the running backs were the leading receivers for this team like aj yes. Dillon literally led the team in receiving yards so that's disconcerting from a team that you know has an mvp quarterback well it's good though for we, we liked aj Dillon. we liked aaron jones and aj Dillon this year and i think that we're right we're on that money we kept we liked air uh i can't speak english well, it's tough because they're both running backs in A, and it's like late at night, and I'm just going to get. We should just wrong. give them one name: AJ Jones. <laughs> Aaron that actually Dillon. is it. It's the J. It's messing it up. Yeah. Well, you know what? Oh, it's because Aaron Jones's initials are AJ. Yeah, yeah, it is. I get it. It's actually a tongue twister. The point is, the AJ's just 
like they're gonna catch a lot of passes and like if people get it they don't need me to hear anything say anything uh tk all right so the other uh i've made a huge mistake and i'm just gonna i'm gonna coin a new expression for this group of receivers these are the second sons of the nfl these are the second receivers on mostly good teams alan robinson mike williams adam <laughs> thielen Devonte smith hunter renfro all of these number two receivers did fucking jack shit today uh, and it was pretty well. Al Robinson was a few days ago, but you, you get the point. Alan Robinson, 1.7 half PPR points. Mike Williams, two catches, 10 yards. And this was in a game that Keenan Allen missed more than half of the game. Yep. That's the worst part. Yeah. Adam Thielen, five points. Devontae Smith, big old goose egg. Did not see that coming. Hunter Renfro, which I think was a big worry of ours, but he had three catches for 21 yards. Like basically all the, the second sons of this, of this, uh, of these teams is, of the NFL, like they did, they're not getting any of the inheritance. They don't get jack shit. All the all the firstborn sons are getting everything. Well, it's like the and king. Guys it's like are... who's who's Charles's younger brother? I should know this. Well, <laughs> I don't know. That's not my forte. Yeah, <laughs> King Charles' younger brother. I'll just. I guess I could look. I don't know why I asked you guys. Andrew, the creep. Oh yeah. If I say that, am I getting sued? I don't know how that. They're, are they powerful? The royal family. Yeah, <laughs> they won't listen to this, right? I would think no. <laughs> Although Prince Harry had a Spotify pod for a while, so does Markle. So who knows? They well, could be whose side do you think they're on? <laughs> they're, they're with us, like twice over. Anyway, the point is the number twos are not doing well. Yeah, this makes me worried. I don't think this is something that's going to happen every year or every week, I should say. Like, obviously, you know, Allen Robinson was in for almost every snap and, every, and he ran a ton of routes. I think his numbers will get better. But this start was extremely disconcerting for a guy that we had ranked pretty high. Adam yeah. Thielen is another guy that I really liked coming into this into the season, and like he was barely involved. Everything was going to Justin Jefferson. Is that going to change? Probably, but you know, I don't. I, I, I'm starting to have some doubts that like these guys are going to have as big of a role as I was thinking they would. Just like point blank. Well, so you're already scared off, like Allen Robinson. Like he couldn't have been worse, but like he was also targeting the end zone a couple times. It just it I'm just worried. felt like Stafford. I know we're talking about Thursday, but like it felt like Stafford and him just didn't get quite enough practice time in mm -hmm. August. But it seems like things you iron out. Like I like. Well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not off these guys completely. I'm just saying it's starting to make me a little bit worried. Like I Renfro concerns, like me. it's Job sitting in the hospital bed. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. DK of these five, you named Alan Robinson, Mike Williams, Adam Thielen, Devonte Smith and Hunter Renfro. Who are you the least, who are you the most scared of? I guess Devonte Smith, because he's, he's on an offense that, well, I guess actually that I take that back because th th this is actually a storyline that we should probably get into. The Eagles passed a ton in this game. Mm. And I and I think coming into the season, there was this worry that there's not going to be enough to go around. There's not going to be enough passing to go around in this offense. But that's not the case. The only problem is he just didn't get any of the passing game work. So I think that'll probably change. No, but the flip side of the Eagles thing is we were like, well, what's going to happen with the rushing? And then all three running backs scored and Jalen Hurts scored a rushing touchdown. Yeah. All of them scored in this game. Yeah. I think I'm the most worried about Hunter Renfro. I mean, Devontae Adams yeah. is there now. Things are different. Yeah. It's the only situation where, you know, I, I guess Devontae Smith has A.J. Brown, which is a factor, but Adam Thielen's in the same situation. Keenan Allen's now gone probably for a week or two. Uh, Mike Williams should be fine. Allen Robinson, I don't have any, I don't have any problems just yet. So, right. yeah, I'd say Renfro. I think his ceiling is just pretty low. I think that's the right answer. Yeah. All right. I want to go through this. The Cooper Cup Award for the player you wish you drafted more of. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, right? Dude, Mahomes, Mahomes looks absolutely ridiculous. Do you think Mahomes had like a little bit of a chip? Like, I'm going to show oh, yeah. these fuckers. 
Yes. Everyone's talking about Tyreek Hill being gone and that I'll stick it to him. I'm going to keep saying this every year until it's not incredible. Patrick Mahomes' current status, 46 passing touchdowns in September in his career, 46, three interceptions. Yeah. Uh, if it was a season, it would just be like one of the best seasons ever, period. And then Travis Kelsey, Craig, you are the king of every year. It's like, you should take Kelsey. You don't do it. And then you're like, why didn't I do that? Uh, here's the list of the top 10 tight ends this week. Travis Kelsey was number one. And here are some <laughs> other tight ends who were top 10 scoring this week. OJ Howard was number two. Taysom Hill was number three. <laughs> Gerald Everett is on this list. Tyler Conklin. There's no, it doesn't just, it's Travis Kelsey and then there's everybody else. And we'll get to Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Well, he, he literally had 10 <laughs> times as many points. I don't like how you points. said that, Craig. <laughs> he doubled up Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews plus Darren Waller did not equal uh, Travis Kelsey. George Kittle didn't play. Kyle Pitts was literally one-tenth of Travis Kelsey. It's just... Yeah, O.J. Howard. So was O.J. Howard second among tight ends this week? Yes, he was. He had two targets. <laughs> he had two catches. He had two two targets. This is why I hate the tight end position. <laughs> we should just eliminate the tight end position and make it a flex. I think they should make it so Travis Kelsey is the only eligible tight end to draft, but he's a receiver. <laughs> we just like, we grab Travis Kelsey, we put him in the receivers, and then we get rid of the tight end position. Yeah. Fade them away. DK, any other players other than the Chiefs that you wish you drafted more of? Yes, I have three, and I'll go oh. quickly through them. Oh, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, I did a pretty bad job in my drafts this year. I wish I drafted <laughs> yeah. all three of these guys. Well, I have all three of these guys on teams. I just wish I had well, all yeah, three guys Well, yeah, you have 25 teams. Every, no, I just wish I had every. I had all these guys on every team because you could have gotten them. Like DeAndre Swift, you would have had to take him early, but he looked incredible. He looked amazing. He had 144 yards and three catches for 31 yards, 25 half PPR points, scored a touchdown. But the two guys really that I think fit this category the most, because you could literally have had these guys on like every team if you really wanted to. Kareem Hunt, who had 46 yards and a touchdown, plus 24 yards and a touchdown receiving, 21 half PPR points. And then Cordero Patterson, who I we just forgot that he was like the RB7 last year, and he, and we were drafting him, I don't even know what, like the eighth or tenth round or something. We didn't forget. We just we, didn't No believe. one forgot. He's, well, he's an old... He's a 30-year-old kick returner. We're like, we don't know what to do. For a shitty team. <laughs> but he had 120 yards and a touchdown, plus three catches, 21 half PPR points. Like, he looked, ama he looked amazing again. So I'm just, like, basically just hitting myself for not drafting more of these. Like, because you had the opportunity to draft him in every draft if you really wanted to. DK, how many leagues were you in last year? Was it 22, right? Because we called it the All-22? Yes. Yeah, something and like then, that. So you, I know you're in a new Dynasty League with us this year. So are you in 23 now? How many more did you add? I'm in like 25 or so. I want to check every roster and find mm -hmm. out who you have the most and the least of and keep, keep <laughs> should, that. That is a good idea. I should yeah. do that. Because the only thing more interesting than fantasy football and someone else's team is someone else's portfolio of players. Yeah, well, no I'm just wondering if DK literally has like every starting running back in the league. <laughs> That's what no, I want to know. I don't. I don't. I don't. He has everybody except the good ones. <laughs> except DeAndre Swift. No, I have all these guys on teams. I just wish I had them on every team is what I'm saying. What about diversifying your portfolio? Yeah, that's... Well, that's why I wish I had not. the 30-year-old kick return on every one of my 25 Imagine teams. playing so much fantasy football and being in so many leagues that you can say, I wish I had more shares of DeAndre Swift. That's insane. <laughs> Dude, you guys, you're missing the point. Like, they're good values is what I'm saying. I think you're missing the point. But anyway, uh, the dad award... Which is, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Look, Damian Pierce, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. You're a rookie. This was your first game. Like, maybe the coaches just wanted to go with the more experienced 32-year-old journeyman running back in Rex Burkhead. I get it. I'm not actually mad at you. Just a little disappointed that you scored 4.4 .4 
half PPR points after all the hype that we had for you in the preseason after how amazing you freaking looked in the preseason. And then you just get completely like taken over by Rex Burkhead, who's 32 years old. Uh, Damian Pierce, 33 yards on 11 carries, one catch for six yards. As Calvin gets older and older, DK is going to get better and better at this category. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, he really felt like he said that in earnest right there. And I was like, oh, it's because Calvin's three years old now. He's, yeah. <laughs> so he's starting to do things. <laughs> God, Calvin better never get outsnapped by Rex Burkhead at a game where DK is going to be. Really yeah, that would be the low point. Yeah. Craig, who are you? You're not mad. Just, you know, who you're disappointed with. I'm not mad. At Kyle Pitts. You know what? I am mad at Kyle Pitts. I'm mad. <laughs> I, I'm no, if it was his rookie year, I'd be disappointed. It's not anymore. I'm mad. Like, at a, at a certain point, like, this can't happen. Travis Kelsey doesn't do this. You know what I mean? There are no just 20-yard Travis Kelsey games. I wanted to play a game with you guys. Kyle Pitts. I hate these games. He had two catches for 19 yards today. That's <sighs> not good. And the Falcons had a lot of points, too, which is annoying. We're going to play a game called Two Players Who Outscored Kyle Pitts and One Who Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. A version of, of uh, right. of yes, two truths, one lie. Okay, so here we go. Here are the three names. Two of these guys outscored Kyle Pitts, one did not. John, and they're all tight ends. Are they all real or is one of them fake? No, they're all real. They're all real. They're all real. Just one of them didn't outscore Kyle Pitts. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Johnny Munt. God damn it. <laughs> no, that's not real. Josiah DeGuara <laughs> yeah. and Trey McKitty. So DeGuara... Did because I think I had to subtract his receiving yards from the Aaron Ro to get the receiving numbers for the Aaron Rodgers receivers one. Munt is not a person, right? No, he's definitely a person. He can't Trey McKitty. I, I heard Trey McKitty's name a few times today, so that worries me because he is the third. He's like the third tight end on the Chargers. How do you spell Munt? M U N D T. Like bun <laughs> bunt cake. It's like bunt cake. Oh, like bunt cake. Yeah. So who's your pick? Uh. I'm going Johnny Munt's not the real one. I think I think uh, McKitty didn't do it, actually. Uh, trick question. They all did, because Kyle Pitts sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Craig, I'm not I'm not I'm not mad and I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed. I'm just like straight straight up sad. I'm sad about what happened today. Because it's not like no but like Drake London had a good game. He he barely he had a banged up knee and he came in, put up 75 yards on five <laughs> five catches. Like What's going on with Kyle Pitts? He had I get two catches for 19 yards. Um, yeah. The silver lining in all this, and this is what I always like default to in situations like this where I'm, I'm legitimately sad about a player's performance. I saw this from uh, Dwayne McFarland. He posted a 72% route participation. So he was, he was running routes on 72% of his snaps, which is great, and a 22% target share. He had seven targets in this game. Uh, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. This was just a gonna very- going to be fine or is he going to be good? Uh, well, is he going to be fine, fine or is he going to be amazing? No one drafted him to be fine. They drafted him because he's supposed to be a Hall of Famer. There is no Amendoza line for Kyle Pitts. It's at the tippy top. It's only below Travis Kelsey. That is kind of where he's allowed to land. <sighs> yeah, well, I don't think he's getting there. <laughs> then he won't be fine. I'm also not like panicking like he's going to have two catches every week. Is is kind of my point. Okay, four's not enough either. Spoiler alert. Yeah. All right, well, that's the whole point, though. Kyle Pitts, not a rookie anymore. However, we're going to do now our Rookie Mistake Award, which is presented mm. by Snickers. Sometimes you're out of sorts. You make a mistake. Could have been avoided if you just had a Snickers. DK, 
Yeah. What is your rookie mistake of this week? <laughs> Guys, I should have done better. I decided to tout and even start in several of my own personal leagues since you guys are definitely very curious. How many of your 25 leagues did you start this player? I can think of at least three off the top of okay. my head. Okay. I decided to start Bears running back David Montgomery despite Craig telling me I was an idiot for doing so. I did this despite the fact that he was going up against a defense that gave up the seventh fewest rushing yards last year, a defense that gave up the fifth fewest rushing yards per attempt last year, and a defense who like just easily and obviously outclassed the Bears' patched-together offensive line. I got what I deserved. Look, the Bears did win the game. I think that we need to point that out. Go Bears. Okay. However... Did you also point out the 17 carries for 26 yards that David Montgomery had? <laughs> Did you say. also point out the 17 inches of rain that poured down in <laughs> yeah, Chicago dude. today? Oh my God, it was a monsoon out there. It was like they were playing in like a kiddie pool. Uh, it, he tallied 6.5 points and half PPR, 26 yards on 17 carries. It's not getting it done. That was a rookie mistake on my part. I have never in my life seen a, a professional football game that looked like the Bears Niners won one. You know how like a light drizzle isn't really easy to see on camera? You could see it. Like the blur was crazy. And it then, was the weirdest looking game. Did you see the field? It was like all blurry. Well, so what happened, The rain, <laughs> so much rain came down that the field was so wet, like the actual lines blurred. One of the Bears writers pointed out that the, the field looked like a Van Gogh painting. <laughs> like it was it just was so, so trippy. And then eventually it stopped looking like that. Like the paint actually dissolves off the field. So the camera, like they had to... They had to do like a digital altering, yeah. Yeah, the way they add the tent, like the, the yellow line for the first down, they had to add the line markers and the numbers onto the field digitally. I didn't know they could do that. But that's not normal. So it just looked like you were playing like Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was crazy. This is their so, new field, by the way. This is a new field. Rookie mistake, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna take a rain check on Trey Lance. David Montgomery, that's a rookie mistake. Mm. Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, the official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Check out snickers.com slash rookie mistake. I love Snickers. Oh, yeah? Snickers loves us, which is the Snickers only thing better than loving Snickers. Very good. Craig, you beat me in a, in our bet this week. We made a bet. Damn right. I bet, Craig, that uh, David Montgomery would outscore Josh Jacobs. Uh, I will admit it was a bit of a pillow fight. Josh Jacobs, I think, scored like seven points, and David Montgomery scored six and a half. So, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was more. I felt like it was more separated than that. Regardless, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't even like it was very close. They were both pretty bad. Josh Jacobs also looked way better, but yeah, you're right. He wasn't playing in a. In well, a you could three see the game. There was yeah. yeah, they had like 17 inches less rain. Whatever you win, you win. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna get you one of those giant checks, like in from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> For 10 Give months. me one of the big ones. They gave him one. <laughs> Do you think the check costs more than ten dollars though? Oh, probably. Yeah, it's yeah, taking it's a huge loss. Dude, a check like that on like you know big like cardboard is that's gonna cost me like a hundred bucks. You know what's funny is like what age does that just go out of style? If you handed some kid a big check, they'd be like, "What is this?" That would have been if we did like some type of contest this year. It would have been really funny. At the end, we we sent the winner like a giant check from like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> That the would guy be good. just throws I, him in the back of his We car. still have time. There's like no windows in that car. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, speaking of, of 90s movies, uh, I'm giving the Office Space Award to Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys because it's the... This is a dark day for the Cowboys, by the way. Well, it's like that scene where it's just like, 
what is it you'd say you do, you do here? here. <laughs> I'm like, let me get this straight. So Mike McCarthy doesn't call the offense, doesn't call the defense. Team has the most penalties, and I can say that word, most penalties of last wow. season. Good job. Goes in the regular season, goes to the playoffs, has the most penalties in a playoff game. Uh, Comes to the preseason. <laughs> it's almost <back>. like, se- <laughs> what? Am I still saying it You wrong? fucked God it up damn. the second time. That's fine. Uh, I th- I, well, you know what? The first time I like thought about it, and then I just yeah. let it rip. The point is, he, he doesn't do the offense. He doesn't do the clock management. He doesn't do the penalty, the, the fouls. Mm-hmm. Fouls. They come into this game. They score three points. Dak Prescott has maybe the worst game of his career. They cut their tackles and the Mark Cooper, and then they come in and they get rocked because they have no receivers and tackles. It's like, what does Mike McCarthy do for this team? Like, if he was gone, would there be a difference? Presence. So, so you physically take the TPS reports down <laughs> to the other department. Well, no, my secretary does. <laughs> it's like he didn't. He, wasn't he also like letting someone else be the head coach at practice? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not head coach. <laughs> He cycles through them, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't wait, he I gotta let, find the every term. week. He he lets somebody call be the head coach for a day or something like that. Yeah, the guy gets the head coach for the week, but it's general of the week. And Kevin Clark nailed it, which is Mike McCarthy's quiet quitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was the first person to quiet quit. All right, next one. <laughs> it's a lot of Arrested Development. This is going back to Arrested Development. This is the. I don't understand the stat line, and I won't respond to it. Award. <laughs> this is uh, Lucille, like talking back to the the waitress. I looked. At, I looked this uh, video up, Craig. She's she goes. Do you want a platter or a? I forget <laughs> something. I can't even remember what she says. You want a platter or a plate? And and Lucille's just like, I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. <laughs> it's just like, what is? That? I have the Ike and Tina tuna plate or platter. I don't understand the question. And I won't respond to it. <laughs> so this is, uh, I don't understand the stat line and I won't respond to it. Carson Wentz, 27 of 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns. The QB three so far, 29.7 points. I don't understand it and I won't respond to it. Carson Wentz is going to cobble together like a legitimate career. And then in like 20 years, people are going to look back and be like, that guy must have been pretty good, huh? And we were like, no, he actually sucked every year somehow, but had good stats. Last year, he had 27 touchdowns and seven picks. If you want to see media bias in action, it's going to be everyone being like, wow, Jahan Dotson, great job. But everyone's just absolutely ignoring Carson Wentz at a good debut for Washington, including me. I won't respond to it. The media doesn't want you to know about Carson Wentz. The media does not want you to know that Carson Wentz was okay today. He was the QB three. He was the third best quarterback in fantasy. He had four touchdowns. You know, what's, you know what the best part is the absolutely dead conversation of his Dak better than Carson Wentz revived today. Ooh. Carson oh, Wentz was so it. much better than Dak. Oh, no. Dude, Wentz was dropping dimes all over the field today. Also, Jahan Dotson, is that guy like yeah. a superstar? Nobody cared about him. He was the first round. He was like the ugly stepchild. I've been plugging him all month. He was the ugly stepchild of the first round wide receivers. He looked yeah. incredible today. Made two like highlight real catches. Mm-hmm. Well, we did tout him a little bit as a sleeper yeah. because he he was getting overlooked way way too much. He was, I think, like this the 18th pick or something, 16th pick in the draft. Yeah, like anytime anyone is going that high in the first round, he had really good you know college production. Like we should pay attention to that a little bit more, I think. And he looked really great. Also, by the way, he was getting a ton of hype in preseason and training camp because he had a really good connection with Carson Wentz. And guess what? Showed up. 
Well, what was good was the reason we plugged him was exactly this. Like, it wasn't like this was a surprise. It's like Wentz's style of chucking it around is perfect for this dude. Mm. He's like a nine out of 10 jump ball receiver. And that's exactly what happened today. He just, yeah. I mean, he made what he just, I don't know. He's got like spider senses. Like he just has. Dude, Dotson he, has the craziest hands. Like he's the yeah. best pass. Literally, like he's a good catcher. It, like one of the yes. best catchers I've ever seen. Like he he's catches literally like so a receiver. Well. <laughs> like he receives <laughs> he it very well. Like, yeah, man, I don't know. It's like, there were a lot of good players in Washington. I get maybe the media doesn't want us to like praise the Washington commanders, which I'm, I a hundred percent understand. But like, I feel like if Chris Olave or Drake London had two touchdowns today, we'd all be freaking out. Nobody cares that Dotson did it. They played the Jaguars. They played the Jags. So let's okay. just mention, so? let's put that out there and acknowledge it. They're not going to play the Jags every week. But yes, a lot. They, there was a lot of fantasy production from this team that we kind of, I think, had overlooked in the preseason a little bit. But let's be honest. If Trevor Lawrence had did this to, in the same game, we'd be like, oh, my God. Second Absolutely. Coming. Absolutely. But yeah. we just want him to succeed. All right. Brandon Cook's award. Same vein. Brandon Cook's award for the player you don't want to acknowledge is good at fantasy, <laughs> uh, which we actually just gave to Brandon Cook seven weeks in a row last year. This year couldn't be easier. It's Taysom Hill this week. Freaking Taysom Hill. I mean, Taysom Hill's good at fantasy. Third, number three tight end in fantasy this year. Four carries, that this year, the week, I guess it's the same thing. He had four carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Dude, this guy's like fucking COVID, dude. He just keeps mutating and coming back. <laughs> he, dude, he had like a 51 or 57-yard run, and he looked hobbled on the, like, he, he was missing time in the preseason with some injury, and he still managed to, like, run for 50-something yards. <laughs> So, yeah. How did you? I can't believe you. I, I just called him COVID. He's right. He is, dude. He's COVID. I'm, I'm irrationally Omicron. angry. This is Taysom Hill Omicron. <laughs> yeah, there was. Well, there was the quarterback one. There was the tight end one. Then there was the weird quarterback extension one. That was like Delta. Defenses <laughs> like, can't account for the Omicron variant. Yeah, there Taysom was like Hill. the tight end Taysom Hill with Drew Brees. Now there's like the tight end Taysom Hill with. Jameis Winston. I'm just like, and when I'm, he first I'm showed done. up, you were like, "What's this? This probably won't affect my life." I don't want this anymore. <laughs> Stop. In the beginning, it was very easy to ignore. Like, oh, it's just like an oddity I'm reading about. Then, uh, boom! Everywhere. That's really good. All right. Well, I'm sure it'll go away, right? Well, here's the thing. I think it will actually. I don't think this is real. I don't think this is real. I'm a denier. I'm an I'm a Taysom Hill denier. Uh, what? I feel like last year you were all in on him. Well, I'm, I'm trying to throw a little cold water on the idea that this is going to be like an every week thing. He ha he was on the field for 16 plays, and he blocked on half of them, according to PFF. He only ran four who routes. Who cares? I just feel like they give That's, him like dude, five. Who cares? He's not going to do this every game on Taysom like five Hills, plays. Taysom Hill's, like, all right, yes, generally speaking, that's like the most important stat. I kind of don't think it matters for Taysom Hill. Like, it, unless you're going to get We'll have a whole episode tomorrow about like waivers and stuff. And like, sure, Gerald Everett for the Chargers definitely want him on waivers. But like, man, like, do you want Taysom Hill on 20 steps or Mike Gesicki on 40? It's not Mike Gesicki. Like, right. first of all, there's those plays he's on the field for are so specific to the game plan. One, two, the week to week. Yes, sometimes he could play eight snaps. Sometimes he could do 40. Like, you don't know. He's gonna when he's on the bus. field. Yeah. It's specifically to exploit a situation and get him the ball in some weird way. You're going to talk me into starting him next week, Heifetz, and I'm going to yes. be mad oh, about dude, it. Dude, when we do the waivers tomorrow, there's no reason anybody who needs a tight end should not pick up Taysom Hill. Like, all right, oh if you have Dave, we've loved David and Joku. <laughs> Let's be real talk. 
They're playing the Bucks next week. Do you want Taysom Hill or David and Joku for like I will next edit week? out any recommendation of Taysom Hill tomorrow. We're, I won't <laughs> allow it. We're not in week one recommending Taysom Hill as the top waiver. I ad. do, oh, man. I, oh. I mean, I kind of think Kaifitz is gonna. Oh like, no, forty-one. <laughs> K- oh my god. Anyway, uh, I had. We can edit this out, so it doesn't matter. My friend who uh, watches a lot more baseball and football was like, "So is Taysom Hill like Shohei Otani?" And I was like, "No, no." Otani's like if like Mookie Betts and Justin Verlander were the same person. And Taysom Hill is like if Kyle Freeland and like Harrison Bader were the same person. You guys don't watch baseball. No, I but don't know. you know what? Whatever. Let's move on. You got to you got to compare him to two football players. Yeah. Taysom Hill is like if <laughs> uh, who, who's a horrific quarterback. Who, um, who took it for Dak Prescott. It's like if Cooper Rush and Mike Gesicki were the same person. It's it's like if Duck Hodges and Kyle Juszczyk had a baby. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Duck Hodges. Good reference. Remember him? Yep. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! The They're Real and They're Spectacular Award. Shouts out Seinfeld. Uh, Michael Thomas, baby. He's back! Zero catches at halftime. I was terrified. I tweeted out oh. a, a poll this morning. I was like, who's who's the, the, the player who's going to F us the most today? And uh, Trey Lance was the one people voted for. But Michael Thomas was, was the second highest voted option. Zero catches at halftime. I was really scared. And then he just flew back <laughs> along with the entire Saints offense. Like DK said, they had like negative two yards passing at halftime. Came back. Michael Thomas had 57 yards uh, receiving. He had two touchdowns. He was the number eight wide receiver on the day. He looked great. He looked angry. Happy to be back. <laughs> yeah. Jameis played well. And this three wide receiver set in New Orleans, they all paid off. They all played a ton of snaps. They they ran a ton of 11 personnel. Jarvis had a huge game. Olave yeah, cut a touchdown. Landry. And Michael Thomas caught two. Saints. I'm excited to go back and like watch this game because of the one o'clock. Like I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't that excited to watch Saints Falcons as opposed to a lot of the other one o'clock games going on. Wait, and Olave didn't have a touchdown. Sorry, Olave caught the really important two point conversion. I think. Oh, sorry, ah, two point right. conversion. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but this the same. I just looked up and the Saints were down a lot, and I was like, "What is going on here?" And then I looked up again, and Jarvis Landry had like sameish amount of points as like AJ Brown, and I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> If Michael Thomas can stay healthy for the whole season, like where do you guys think he ranks? Like, is he a top 15 guy? Probably. Yeah. It's tough because 
what we were talking about earlier of like the top 15. It's like, what does that mean? It's like the top five guys, you know, Cooper Cup, Jefferson, um, you know, Diggs, Devontae, those guys are so elite. And then like the seven to like 20 range, it's there's so many people in that range. And it's like the next group is like Pittman, AJ Brown, like the sub elite guys are so exciting. Is Michael Thomas really in that group with like Michael Pittman and AJ Brown? I'm probably not. He's probably one tier below to me. At this point in his career? Yeah. DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin range? He's not. No, I'd rather have him, but I'd way rather have AJ Brown. Like he's not AJ Brown to me, but yes, he's definitely. That's well, because like, he's a, older. It's not that old. He's like 29. Well, I mean, older. for DK, that's not that old, but for he's us. He's got 27 year old legs. He hasn't run in two years. <laughs> <laughs> totally he's that. been hurt all preseason, man. <laughs> Anyway, all right, wait. The weird flex, but okay award, which is the guy that nobody expects to do well and could have flexed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the other forgotten man in, in Washington, Curtis Samuel. Out of nowhere, he had four carries for 17 yards, eight catches for 55 yards, 15 and a half PPR points, or half PPR points. Uh, he, I think it's weird because he hurt, I think he was basically hurt all of last year. Uh, and this all was of the last three years, his whole yes. career. He's no, he hurt. was the he was the wide receiver twenty five, so like a borderline wide receiver two in twenty twenty. So not last year, but the year before. Like this isn't that ancient of history that this guy was a really good fantasy contributor player. I mean, it was pre pandemic, so it kind of is ancient. It history. all bleeds together. I know. It was pre Taysom like, Hill, but <laughs> he's only really had one season where he's like right. actually put it all together. But he's done it. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying is like, he was a borderline wide receiver too, uh, two years ago in half PPR. And I don't know, like maybe he's actually good now that he's healthy. He looked really good in this game. Um, and the way that they were utilizing was like, they were manufacturing touches for him. He, he seemed to be a clear focal point in their passing game. So um, I don't know. He was just a guy. I think he's going to be a waiver wire pickup this week. I don't know if I'm going to trust him, but he's someone to monitor. I was, I was wrong. It's, it was 2020 that he did it, but I just have lost all sense of time. So the question of this episode really is, are the commanders good or did they just no. play the Jags? No, they play the Jags. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, sorry, not good. Are the are the commanders more fantasy relevant than we we previously thought? Or were they just yes. playing the Jags? Yes, maybe. because, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. That's a better answer. Maybe. <laughs> Dotson is a great dart throw. Literally. Excellent. Uh, the, my weird flex, but okay, it's Dontrell Hilliard for the Titans. I mean, especially yeah. like watching this Giants-Titans game. He had five touches. It felt like he had 70. Like, I literally at one point was like, is he just starting over Derrick Henry? Like, what's going on? Like, Dontrell Hilliard had such a larger impact on the first half of this game than Derrick Henry did as, like, a, an opposing fan watching. He had, I mean, 69 yards, which is funny, and he had two touchdowns. So and I just funny. was like, it, it, it's so weird to look at the box lot and see that he had five touches because it's, I wondered yeah. if Dontrell Hilliard was just going to, like, be like James White. It's so tempting to say just sacrilege things right now. <laughs> That he's like better than Derrick Henry. <laughs> he had Twenty-two <laughs> points in PPR. <laughs> I know that Derrick Henry had true. eight. Derrick I know Henry it's not eight. true in my heart, but like it's really tempting to say something like that. Like Derrick Henry just looks slow compared to Hilliard. I know that he's not. I know that he's not slow. But I, I'll, I'll say this, and this isn't sacrilege. This is just how I felt. At one point, I was like, "Oh my god, thank God Derrick Henry's in." <laughs> not Hilliard. I, I actually had that. Thought at least at Hilliard point. can't torch us. We got the plotting Henry in the backfield. Oh, because you're God. a Giants fan. I didn't get that. I didn't put that together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 
I mean, yeah, that's tough. So speaking of the Titans, also who that Kyle Phillips just was better than Traylon Burks. That's my Straight weird up. flex. Like that just rookie on the Titans. He was the, the leading receiver on the day for them over Woods, Burks, good. everybody. I do think it's very yeah, it's interesting because he was a fifth round pick. Burks was a first round pick. Burks didn't look bad though to me. Like Burks looked pretty good. He didn't he he played like I think one third of the snaps. Um because he's clearly still behind, like after having an atrocious preseason. Um, but Kyle Phillips is legit. I think that's the bottom line here. He had six catches, six six yards. He had one really big catch late in the game. Twenty nine percent target share. That's a lot. I mean, he also yeah. blew the game for them because he muffed a punt. Well, yeah, and he's a rookie, but um, I think he's like he's here for real. I think the problem with him, though, like, and the question I think a lot of people had coming in is, you know, he's a slot receiver on a heavy personnel team so he's not going to be playing you know full amount of snaps so i think that's like the only worry i have going forward otherwise he looked really really good while we're here toot toot i think we got we, we got a toot toot about michael Pittman. yeah michael Pittman. i have to say on our friday episode we were we craig actually thought of the category and was like every year there's a guy in week one we we're like thank god he arrived and we were like well it's Pittman." or craig said michael Pittman, and i was like kyle pitts kyle pitts did not arrive but michael Pittman, good job craig yeah, Kyle Pitts is stuck in traffic, I guess. But Michael Pittman arrived, 13 targets. He, he was the wide receiver five on the day, 121 yards, a touchdown. Looked great. He had the fourth most fourth most targets in the league today. Um, it's it's kind of everything we've been saying. There's no one else on Indy catching passes. I mean, it's Jonathan Taylor and it's Michael Pittman, and that's exactly what happened today. Uh, I saw J.J. Zacharyson tweeted this stat that Michael Pittman hasn't seen a target share south of 23% in a single game since week 10 last year. It's he, He's just nice. getting like elite, amounts of targets he, he, his volume will always it will keep his floor so high that like this guy is a top 10 12 wide receiver as long as he's healthy i think and matt ryan didn't even play that well today and the colts had a shitty game i was actually gonna ask that were the colts w way worse than you expected or were the texans better than you expected or both i mean what world is colts not worse than you expected the colts were down 17 to the texans they just didn't they didn't look good for a long time the colts game. just have a horrible history of dropping games in week one the colts are never good out of the gate in week one it's a really strange habit like it, it tie is almost more insulting because it, like I, how how long has it been since the colts even won in week one it's been years yeah i mean they tied so, no, the texans today it's pretty pathetic all right the reason everyone's here burn book mm. We thought long and hard about this. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's hard in week one. Very hard in week one. It's hard in week one, but in the spirit of the burn book, which how would we describe the spirit of the burn book? It's um, it's, it's from Mean Girls, which is people who may not deserve it or not, but are spiritually not dead to us. Dead to us? But yeah. dead to no, us? Yeah. The way that I interpret it is like, save me for myself. So... I feel like it has to be Cam Akers for the Rams. Like, it has to. And it's not fair because coming off the Achilles, he, like, maybe had a hamstring injury. But, like, Cam Akers had three carries, zero yards, barely played on Thursday Night Football. And it's more like, how do you put Cam Akers back in your lineup and play him within, like, the next four weeks and, like, not be terrified of that? I don't think he got a touch until the second or third quarter. Daryl Henderson was playing like the exclusive lead back role for the first 30 minutes of the game. And we were all texting like, where the hell is Cam Akers? Well, we texted. Yeah. And, and D, uh, we were like, oh, Daryl Henderson got the first play. And then DK was like, oh, yeah, I bet they're like alternating drives. And then the quarters went by nope. and it was almost <laughs> like Cam Akers came in by accident. So what yeah. do we think happened here, though? Like, I, 
I think that it's going. Cam Akers will probably play more as the season goes on. I do think he had a hamstring injury. But I, I, I mean, how many games do you see Cam Akers play in a row and be productive until you put him back in? It's realistically like three. Right. Well, McVay said after the game that they need to see more urgency from from uh, from Akers. I don't know what that so really means, but like, yeah. I <laughs> Sounded mean, like he's in the doghouse for some reason. Yeah, and I didn't, honestly, like Henderson had one or two good plays, but like Henderson didn't look all that great to me either. Like the Rams offense generally just wasn't good, but um, I don't know. It, it This is tough. It's tough because there, in addition to the fact he got demoted and didn't play and had zero points on three carries, you know, like there's still the worry that he's just never going to be as explosive as he used to be without the without the after the Achilles injury. So, you know, all those things together, it's just like I, I have very hard time trusting Akers ever again. We could have done Allen Robinson here too. He only had two targets, but the difference is it's much, much, much easier for me to see Allen Robinson like being integrated yeah. like next week and being fine than Cam Akers. Uh, you know why? Because he was literally on the field during the game. <laughs> yeah, that, right. It's always good. All right, so if you guys want help with waiver claims, we're, we're we're pretty good at picking waiver players. We also make it fun. It's trivia. We do trivia. If it makes if you haven't listened, trust me, it works. We do trivia, waivers, we make it fun, we make it interesting, and it's and it's very helpful. So check that out tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of help for you guys, who to add, who to cut. We can help with all that. Right now, we're going to talk about our colleague Jonathan Sharks, who passed away this weekend. Uh, it's a really sad story. I'm not going to lie, but we wanted to share some of our thoughts on it. Um, I started at the ringer i've been this is my sixth season at the ringer which is crazy to think about but i started as an intern and i was a fact checker that was the first thing i did here and fact checking you, you i mean you really really get to know the site a lot when you are fact checking your editing and i this my favorite person writing on the website was jonathan sharks uh he, I mean, he wasn't using, like, he's not David Foster Wallace. And, like, he was the epitome of, like, you don't need big words to big ideas. And I think that what I didn't know it at the time, but the reason I love Jonathan Sharks was just, no, one, I was learning from what he wrote better and easier than the than anyone else, not just the rare, on the internet. Like, when he was writing a scouting report for a Kentucky basketball player, I just got what he was trying to say. Mm. And only later did I realize it was because he was not trying to sound smart to anybody. He's just trying to talk to you. He wrote the way he spoke and he just, he, well, everyone else is using big words to sound smart. Sharks is always just trying to use simpler words to communicate the idea better. And then later I was an intern and I, I, mean, I really wanted to get a job here at the ringer. And eventually they gave me um, a chance to write my first big like column, my first big analysis. It was about Jared Goff uh, in the NFC championship game. And I, I was a little nervous and I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I'd never written, you know, a column like that. It was a little intimidating to do at the ringer. And I was like, I'm just going to rip off sharks because I just loved how mm -hmm. sharks wrote and it worked. And actually we have a little Slack channel that like people put in for stories they like and sharks put it in. And I was so like blown away that sharks liked mm -hmm. my, my shameless rip off of his style. <laughs> yeah. I actually called him. And then I told him that he laughed and he was like, oh, that makes sense that I liked it. But <laughs> I, I like what Chris said in the topper about like sharks setting like professionally like, the voice of the site and the company. I think about all the time, like the advice that was like the beginning of our relationship. Um, and then like much more importantly on the personal side, that was the beginning, like the pandemic began and sharks had just had a kid. And I think that sharks was the first person that really started talking. Cause he was like, right at the beginning of the pandemic, he had a, a baby. Mm -hmm. And he was the first person that really be like, you know, protecting mental health and all this. And so I, I called him and we just started talking a lot about God, about 
what matters in life. And, you know, I'm not a very religious person, but what I loved about Sharks was he's not preachy. He was like the actual, like if the youth pastor was actually cool, like mm -hmm. that was Sharks. And we just had conversations about what was important in life and what was not. And then also how annoying it was to root for Jason Garrett because he was a Cowboys fan and talking <laughs> me through being a Giants fan. And we like, we could just seamlessly intermix. Like, you know, he was telling me, you know, just don't build, you know, your identity, you know, on a, on sand. You want to build your identity on rock. Um, and also Jason Garrett sucks. And I just, I just, I, um, <laughs> I miss him dearly. And uh, I am very fortunate that I caught him at a time in life where he could really help me with um, a period in my, my, my twenties where I felt like I was needing to recalibrate what mattered to me. And he helped me a lot with that. And I'm very yeah. upset he's gone and oh, it's tough. And he leaves behind a, a kid, a really young kid. And yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he was just the nicest person. Every time I interacted with him, he was just so nice and like, you know, supportive and, and just like lifting, lifting you up in any way that he can. Um, it definitely hits very close to home because he had he has a son that is my son's age, and obviously it just breaks my heart to think about the fact that he won't get to see his son Jackson grow up. I mean that is the part that kills me the most. His son. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know the article that he wrote at the Ringer. I think was really poignant and powerful. It talked about how when his dad died, um, you know, he had a lot of his dad's friends that would come and, and talk to him, but he didn't really know those friends. He, they weren't a big part of his life. Because his dad died when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so he talked about how he wants, he, he has over the last, since he found out that he had cancer, he wanted to talk to a lot of his friends and make it known how important it was that these people are in his son's life, that they are, that his son knows them, that his son can rely on those people and these people in some way can help to, you know, fill the hole um, that, you know, obviously Jonathan's death will surely create in his life. And I just, to me, that was just really powerful and hits very close to home because I have a son and I would hope for the same, you know, with my friends if I ever died and, and, and with Calvin, obviously, and, you know, them helping Calvin through everything. So I think if there is anything that gives me solace about this whole situation, um, it's that, you know, he did such a good job of you know, expressing that and, you know, talking to his friends about that and how, how important it was that to him that all these people are in his son's life. So that to me, that is the big thing that I'm thinking about tonight. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's very sad, but that's what I take solace in. Yeah. I didn't know him very well, unfortunately. I, I think I only maybe met him in person a few times and didn't know him very well. Um, but, you know, he seemed like just one of the most wonderful, lovely people to be around. And just, um, it's been very touching just to, to hear and read, um, just all the nice things that everybody who has worked with him, who has known him, uh, has said about him. I mean, that just really speaks to the character of who he is, just how many people he has touched and influenced in his life. Um, and he's a stronger person than I will ever be. Hearing him go through what he's been through over the last two years and write about it and still go on podcasts and and bring a positive spirit when he was in a dark place, um, it is one of the most, I don't, I don't even know the word, uh, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen anybody do. And... Yeah, it's it's a terribly sad day. The we'll, we'll post the episode description. We'll have a there's a GoFundMe for his you know for the you know his widow Melissa and his son Jackson. But there's a, we'll also put the the link to the story. I couldn't recommend. I literally could not recommend the story higher that he wrote. Um, it's about fatherhood and cancer. But I will just read one excerpt from it. Um, 
and he says he's quoting James four thirteen, and he's uh, and the it begins. You know, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. End quote. And then sharks says there are some things from the Bible that I have been leaning on over the past year. James one two seven. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Isaiah 117, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. And then Exodus 22, 22, you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. And Chark says there's hundreds of verses like that. I've already told some of my friends, when I see you in heaven, there's only one thing I'm going to ask. Were you good to my son and my wife? Were you there for you? Were you there for them? Does my son know you? And what I, me, Danny, will say is, you know, I, I would love if people donate to Charks' GoFundMe. You know, whatever you can contribute is plenty. But I will say, beyond that, think about those people in your own life and your own yeah, your own circles. Um, take care of each other. So with that said, um, thank you for everyone for listening. And um, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jonathan Sharks. Goodbye, everyone.